Hey church, I want to speak to you from a slightly different tone today. Uh, I don't want to speak to you today as a pastor speaking to church members or people listening. Um, today I want to speak to you as someone that is called to people who are called. Uh, we are the same in that regard, that we have been called by God. We have a calling on our lives, and I want you to hear that today, that God has a plan, He has a purpose for your life, He has meaning to your life, He has something that He has called you to, not only something to do, but as a follower of Christ, you have been called, you have been gifted, you have been given a place in God's kingdom. And I want to speak to you from that place, and I hope you hear it today. And as we uh, read Ephesians 4 verse 1 together uh, where we started last week regarding our call. I want you to hear these words again today. Ephesians 4 verse 1, Paul writes this, Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Church isn't an add-on to your life. It isn't just something that you do weekly or occasionally and maybe just add it on to maybe feel a little bit better and maybe revitalize something in your life. It is, it is essentially who we are. We have been called into this kingdom. We've been called by God. We don't go to church. We are the church. We are the people of God. We have been called by Him. And I know that as I'm speaking to you right now, that some of you listening might be really discouraged at this stage. Um, I don't know about you, but this might have been one of the toughest years that we've experienced. Uh, you might be discouraged. You might be emotionally drained. You might be burdened in so many areas. You might be exhausted. You might be spiritually discouraged. But one thing that I know when it comes to calling that when the devil can't destroy you, he will simply try to discourage you. He will just keep on hammering certain things and throwing things your way that leaves you so discouraged that you start forgetting that you have been called, that you have been called by God, that there is something in your life, there's a meaning, there's a purpose, there is something that God has placed inside of you. Maybe you're dealing with discouragement and fatigue and exhaustion and self-doubt and spiritual oppression. And some people have asked me from time to time, how after all these years do you just keep on doing what you're doing? How year after year do you come back to church and, and do what you're doing? And I wish I had the emotional capacity to tell you that emotionally I'm really strong and mentally I'm really strong and that's why I'm doing it because I've become so strong but the only reason why I keep on doing what I'm doing is simply because I believed that I've been called and today we're talking about this idea of reclaiming your call reclaiming the call that God has for your life and would you mind closing your eyes right now as we, as we pray? Lord, we thank you that we can start off today by recognizing that we have been called. You have a calling 
on our lives. You have a purpose and a meaning for our lives. And I pray that as we speak together today, that your spirit will reignite something in people's hearts, in, our, in, in my heart, Lord, that you will really come and just reaffirm what you are wanting us to do. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Now, as we're in the series about calling, uh, last week we said you're not called primarily to do something. You are called primarily to become like someone, like Jesus. But there's always this question, so what am I called to do? What should I be doing? And next week we're going to talk a little bit more about the specific thing that we need to do. But I want to maybe introduce you to three things that the Bible says you have been called to. Three things that the Bible teaches that you have been called to as a follower of Jesus. And the first thing that you have been called to is not a job. It's not something that you need to be doing. Um, it is not a specific act that God is calling you to. But Bible teaches that the first thing that God calls you to is salvation. The Bible teaches that Jesus didn't come to call the, the sinless and the perfect. He came to call sinners. And so firstly, God calls you to himself. Wow. It's relationship first. God calls you to himself. He wants to extend grace and love and mercy to you. That's what he's calling you to. Firstly, he calls you to salvation. And then secondly, the Bible teaches, now that you have been saved, now that you've experienced the life and the grace of Jesus Christ, he calls us to sanctification. And that's just a fancy biblical word that means a holy life, a life that is set apart, a life that looks different, uh, a life that is lived according to God's um, rules and regulations. And I know that they sound really horrible if we put it that way but God puts these things in place so that we can have life to the full that's why he has those things in place and he calls us to live a life of holiness a life of being set apart now that's what he's called us to so firstly he calls us to himself and then he calls us to live a holy life and then thirdly God calls us to service God calls us to do something and we're going to touch on that today, more on that next week. But God calls us to service. Because when you realize that God has called you to himself and that you start living in the way that he has for you, suddenly service doesn't become an option. It becomes a compelling thing that compels you to do something, to want to do something. And, and maybe your service is something very specific. Maybe it's something really specific that God has called you to, or it might, might be something very broad. But as we read last week, I want to repeat this verse again, Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. Paul says this, and whatever you do or say, whatever you do or say, it doesn't matter what you do, whether it's the specific calling that you sense God has called you to this one specific thing, or it might be something very broad, Whatever you do or say, and do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. You have been called to salvation. You have been called to sanctification. You have been called to service. And, but then we might ask the question, well, if I'm called, how do I know I'm ready? 
How do I know that I'm ready to do this thing and, and God has called me for this specific purpose? How do I know I'm ready? Because I believe that's, that's one of the problems that we face when it comes to calling. We, we tend to focus a lot on, on the qualifications of I'm, I'm ready now. You know, I have, I have given my life to Jesus and I've started walking the road and I've started being transformed. But how do I know when I'm ready? Now, here's the good news. Listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. He says this, remember, dear brothers and sisters. He says, I want you to think back. I want you to, to remind yourself of something. That few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Here's the great thing. I love this quote. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. You see, it's, it's when you start walking with God that your life starts changing, that things start looking a little bit different. And slowly, maybe it's two steps forward and three steps back and, and you've been called by God, you've given your life to Jesus, but then the, the process, the road of sanctification of holiness kicks in and slowly we're transformed. And many people don't walk in their call because they wait for the day that they feel they are qualified enough to do what God has called them. That's not what God expects of us. God has called you to himself. He's called you to a holy life. And that holy life transforms you every single day. Every single day, you're a little bit wiser. You're a little bit holier. And, and maybe you might have a few slip ups and things might not work out the way that you thought it would work. But that's the way God changes us and transforms us. It's when we start walking in that call, when we listen to the the. The, the word of, of the Holy Spirit speaking to us and say, hey, you've been called to service. You've been called to do something in the kingdom. Maybe it's just a little bit of my story. And, and I know my story might look a lot different than yours. You've got your own version of your story. Um, but I, I felt the call of God at the age of 17 when I felt God call me to full-time ministry. Now you have to remember something. I grew up in a pastor's home and that was the one thing that I never, ever wanted to do. Even to this day, if you come to me and tell me you feel that God has called you for full-time ministry, I might smile and say, hey, that's great. But on the inside, I'm like, oh, do you know what you're in for? And so I never wanted to go into ministry. I, I really... I didn't pursue it. I didn't want it. I, I, I wanted to do something completely different with my life. But as I walked the road with God, I felt the, the compelling invitation of God's Spirit to serve. And here's what happened in my life. You might have a completely different story, which I, I'm sure a lot of you have. But when I accepted the call, when I made peace with the fact that God has called me to full-time ministry, to be a preacher, to share God's word publicly from a pulpit, from a stage, wherever that might be, growing up in a pastor's home and being young and arrogant and very unwise, I really thought I had it all together. I could do this. I mean, I, 
I didn't really have serious sin in my life. I didn't really, um, I wasn't the party animal. Um, to this day, I'm not really the party animal. I never really did a bunch of things that a lot of other people do. And and maybe you've got you've walked down that road. Maybe you are the party animal and you 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 had a, a completely different life than I had. And you came to salvation in Jesus and you saw how God transformed things in your life. And and maybe you had to sort out something else. My my journey was a bit different. I, I really felt I had it all together. I I could do this. But see, God didn't call me first and foremost to be a pastor. He called me to himself. And as I walked the road of sanctification with him, I started realizing, well, I was very proud of the fact that I was the guy that could usually say no to a few drinks. I was the guy that was home by the time my curfew hit. I was the guy. I was the good guy. And so I was really proud of that. And I felt like, wow, this this is me. I mean, and I didn't really have anything wrong in my life, I, I felt until God started walking with me and he started confronting certain thought patterns in my life. And he started addressing certain issues in my life and certain attitudes in my life and things that to this day, I wish I could say that I have worked through all of them. But the road of sanctification is a continuous one. And as I grow older, I suddenly understand Paul's words that he said at one stage, I am the greatest of sinners. We are called first and foremost to a person, to Jesus. We're called to him, to relationship with him. And then he starts transforming us. And if you wait until you're perfect before you step into your call, I promise you this, you will miss the call of God on your life. You will miss what God has created you to do. I don't know what your journey looks like. Might be very different from mine. But the fact is we've all been called to him. We've all been called to live a holy life and we've all been called to a life of service in God's kingdom. And so quickly, I want to I want to share two qualities of calling with you. Two things about calling that sometimes we we don't see that and we don't remind ourselves of this. And, and the first one is quite hard. The first one is a tough one. Because a lot of us would say, Yes, I want to experience the call of God and I'm walking in this call. And, and sure, Emil, I, I agree with you. I haven't got everything together, but I'm going to trust God and I'm going to jump into this call. And I, I sense God calling me for something and it might be full-time ministry. Maybe God has called you in a completely different area of your life. Maybe you're on the school board and that's the place where God expects you to serve. Or maybe you've been called um, at eight o'clock in the gym where you are because you're the guy that brings the light of God into that place. God has called, God has called you for something specific. It might be at work. Uh, it might be with your kids. It, it might be something very different from what I'm experiencing in my personal life, but you sense I want to jump into this call. And then the one thing that we don't do, the first quality of calling that we need to know is that calling costs something. Calling costs something. I mean, we read about Paul and what he has to say about living in this call. And so maybe let's take a page from his book. If, you, if you're not familiar with his story, his name used to be Saul. And Saul used to hate Christians. He used to persecute them. He used to kill them. And then on the road to a town called or a city called Damascus, 
he was confronted by God in a blinding light on that road and God spoke to him. And he received his calling there. But we, we often skip one part of his call and what God placed in his call. You see, God spoke to him and he was blinded by that light. And when we think about calling, we often think that when God calls us, the conversation would, would maybe be something like this. Um, listen, you have been called, Emil, you have been called to be a full-time pastor and a preacher. And when you say yes to this call, things are going to change. You're going you're to get a book deal. You're going to be an international speaker. You're going to travel the globe. You're going to have so much influence. You're going to have so many followers on Instagram. Your life's going to blow up. This is your big moment because, I mean, now you're doing something for God. And maybe you don't think of it quite in terms like that, but usually we do. Usually we think if we say yes to the call, things are going to start working out because now I'm doing something for God. But we forget that calling costs something. And in Acts chapter 9, God sends a messenger by the name of Ananias to Paul. He, he was, his name was changed there after his calling from Saul to Paul. And God speaks to Ananias and tells him this. And I want you to read this with me, verse 15 and 16. But the Lord said, Go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings. Wow, this is the call. Saul is my chosen instrument and maybe that's a sense that you have in your heart that God has placed a call on your life a call to serve a call to sanctification a call to to holiness a call to salvation to him and you sense that in some particular area you are God's chosen instrument because he's formed you uniquely with your skills and your talents that you are God's chosen instrument for such a time as this and and that might be true but here's what the story goes on like this and it says, as well as to the people of Israel, and listen, verse 16 says this, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Man, sometimes we forget that our calling costs something. Our calling costs something. And many people are disillusioned when they answer the call. Because we tend to think that now things will work out. Now things are going to run smoothly. Now my business is going to operate flawlessly. Now I won't have HR issues. Now I won't have trouble from the bank or from SARS. Now things are just going to be smooth because I'm doing something for God. That's not the case when it comes to calling. It costs something. Even Jesus said this. Luke chapter 14 verse 28 says this. Jesus speaking. But don't begin until you count the cost. Don't even begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? Jesus says this. Count the cost. Make sure you know that when you say yes to the call, that there is a cost. There is a cost. And you, and you might be God's chosen instrument but here's the thing the moment you step into your calling you step out of your comfort zone the calling happens there 
I think the greatest enemy of calling is comfort. We want to be comfortable. We're creatures of comfort. And so often we, we sacrifice our calling on the altar of comfort. That's, that's so prevalent in our culture these days because we like our comforts. We like to be comfortable. We don't want to be stretched because it's painful to grow. It's not fun to grow. It's not fun to push boundaries and, and walk on water where God calls you to walk on water. It isn't fun. It sounds impressive, but there's a cost. There's a cost to that. And usually it comes from a place of our own pain. Just back to my own story. I remember more than 15 years ago, I was quite happy ministering at a different congregation in a different town. And uh, we were young, married, me and my wife and I. And um, as we were entering the first year or two of our marriage, I remember one conversation or a couple of conversations, in fact, that we had. And we said the following to one another, listen, if anything in our life, in our married life, we never, ever want to live in Kempton Park. That's the one place we don't want to go. We don't want to go back there. Both of us were in Kempton Park in primary school, and we just said we're never going back. That's not the place for us. And I remember the inner conflict that I had worked through after receiving a call from Caladio in Kempton Park and having to say, okay, it's not comfortable. And maybe you might think, oh, that's a stupid story. But you have your own story where God calls you to a place that you really don't want to go. Sometimes God calls you away from your comfort zone so that your calling can mature. And this is, it's not easy. It's not easy when you step into that call because when you say yes to that call, part of the cost is that you will face spiritual attacks. You will face criticism. You will face resistance. You will face things that you never thought you had to face. You will be the person that people might point to and laugh in the beginning. You might be ridiculed for saying yes to the call. That's part of the cost. And in my experience, I believe that private pain is a big part of a public calling. Private pain is a big part of a public calling because publicly the call looks fantastic. But let me tell you, I have experienced extreme pain in ministry. I've experienced people stabbing me in the back. I've experienced relational breakdown. I've experienced doubts. I've experienced spiritual doubts. I've experienced faith crises. I've experienced so much pain in ministry. But that's part of the cost. Because serving Jesus is both a gift and a grind. It's work. It's a gift, but it's a grind. Living your call is a thrill as well as a burden. And ministry is both exhilarating and it's exhausting. There is a cost. But if you, if you have that sense of calling, I want to encourage you to count that cost. 
I really hope that I'm not making you negative about your call today. I'm just saying that when the Bible talks about calling, it speaks about a cost that you carry. And a lot of people get hurt when they say yes to the call, not because of what people did around them, because they never counted the cost. They never anticipated what it would cost them, what it would cost them relationally and in their, in their marriage and in their um, kids' lives and, and wherever they go. God expects us, when we say yes to the call, to count the cost. God never promised it would be easy. Never. There is a cost to your call. And I want to encourage you, if you sense that God is speaking something in your spirit, if he's birthing something in you, that is the first quality of calling that you need to realize that there is a cost to this. But the second quality is a bit more encouraging. So first quality, the calling costs something. But the second quality is the calling sustains. The calling sustains. I mean, if we just look at the life of Paul, how he endured what he went through. He was imprisoned. He was flogged 39 lashes five times over. If you saw the Passion of the Christ and you saw that imagery of Jesus being whipped and how his body was broken, Paul went through that five times. He was shipwrecked. Listen, he was bitten by a snake. If, if I'm in ministry and a snake bites me, I'm out. Done. I'm not in it for that. And, and Paul just went through it. And the only reason he could go through it, I mean, he was abandoned, he was betrayed, he was falsely accused, he was wrongly imprisoned, and he just had to persevere. And Paul didn't finish because he was competent. Paul finished because he was called. There's a sustaining quality to the calling, that when you live from the call, you will be able to endure things that no other person can endure because you are called. And I love what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. He says this, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. There is a call that sustains you. When you step out of that comfort zone and you start walking in the call that God has for your life, when you start experiencing the exhilaration of, of ministering for God as well as the pain, as when you start experiencing the gift of following Jesus as well as the grind and you step out of your comfort zone, you see start how God is starting to work in and through your life and around you, there is a sustaining quality to the call that gives you the ability to persevere and push through. The call sustains. Paul says, I kept the faith. I finished the race. I said this in the beginning, but for many of us, this has been one of the hardest years that we've faced. Maybe you've lost your business. Maybe you've lost your marriage. You might have lost friends. You might be down and out. You might be depressed. You might be depleted. You might experience extreme fatigue at the moment. Emotionally, you're all over the show. And many of us are there. Many of us are experiencing that. But there is a call 
that's able to sustain you, even if it costs something. There is a call that is able to sustain you. And this is what Paul is saying. He says, I can't stop. I won't quit. I'm called to do this. I won't go away. I won't let go. I won't let up. I will do what God has called me to do. There, there is something of God's call on your life that gives you the ability to persevere beyond what is naturally possible. Paul puts it this way. He says, I'm hard pressed on every side. Listen to his words. I'm hard pressed on every side, but I'm not crushed. I'm perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I've been persecuted, but I've not been abandoned. I've been struck down, but I've not been destroyed. And for a moment, I want to speak to a specific group of people right now. Maybe in the challenges of the last couple of years, and I know I don't want to blame everything on COVID, but it really did have a big impact on our society and on our personal lives and the aftermath of that. And but maybe since then even, I'm talking to people that you know you're called, but maybe you lost track. Maybe things went a little bit awry. Maybe you lost your spiritual direction. Maybe you got into some bad habits, done some bad stuff really fell off the wagon. And you might be asking, well, did I lose my call? Did, did the things that I did, the things that I'm doing perhaps, the guilt that I'm experiencing because of things that I've done and things that I'm doing and, and things that are happening inside of my heart and things that are happening inside of my mind and, and actions that I've taken that don't really fit what I'm believing or it doesn't really fit my confession of following Jesus. I've, I've backslidden. I have, I have lost connection with God and I don't know. I want to encourage you with the words of Paul. Once again, in Romans 11 verse 29. He says this, for God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. It can never be withdrawn. Yeah, people might point a finger at you and, and, and you might feel discouraged and you might look at yourself in the mirror and say, well, I'm not worthy of it. Here's the thing, you have never been worthy of it. God called you even before you were qualified because as you walk with Him and as your life becomes more holy and as He changes things in your life, yes, even when you take a few steps back, the call still remains intact. Another version says the call is irrevocable. It says it cannot be revoked. It cannot be called it cannot be repealed it cannot be annulled it cannot be withheld it cannot be withdrawn you are still a called person God has a calling on your life and that calling can sustain you and maybe today you need to reclaim your call and I'm I want to ask you to do something I know this is online might be weird but if you want to reclaim your call, if it's possible for you, wherever you are, I want you to stand to your feet. Maybe you're standing in your office right now. Maybe you're driving in your car. Remain seated. That's a better idea. But wherever you are, if you need to say, I need to reclaim my call, 
even though I made mistakes. Yes, I understand there's a cost to it. I understand. But I recognize today that I have been called firstly not to do something. I've been called to salvation. I've been called to God to be in relationship with Him. And then I've been called to sanctification. So as I journey with Him, even though I make mistakes, He's the one that sanctifies me and makes my life holy. He's the one that guides my life. And then you will experience the call to serve, which is undeniable. You cannot stay away from it. God pulls you in that direction and I can testify of that in my own life. I cannot get away from this call where I find myself right now. Lord knows I've tried many different areas, especially in hard times. I wish I was holy enough that I could tell you today that I never doubted my call. I wish I was holy enough to tell you that I have never been broken. I've never been hurting. That God has just been with me. But that's simply not the truth. I have doubted my call more than people will know. I have doubted whether God still wants me in doing this more than you will know. I have lost faith. I have cried out to God. I have fought with God. But there's something compelling me that tells me this is what I meant to do. And maybe you need to reclaim your call today. As you're standing, if you can, I'm going to read these words to you in 2 Thessalonians 1. I'm reading from the message and I want you to hear this. It says this, Because we know that this extraordinary day is just ahead. We pray for you all the time. I'm praying for you all the time. Pray that our God will make you fit for what He's called you to be. I pray that He'll fill your good ideas and acts of faith with His own energy so that it all amounts to something. If your life honors the name of Jesus, He will honor you. Grace is behind and through all of this. Our God giving Himself freely, the Master, Jesus Christ, giving Him freely. I pray with Paul, that our God will make you fit for what he's called you to be. You have been called. It's time to reclaim your call. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you've called us. Not firstly to do something. And some of us might be experiencing that doing. We, we might be living out that call in wherever we are. But today, we just want to say, Lord, firstly, we realize that we've been called to you. And then we've been called to live a holy, set-apart life. And from that place, we live in the actual doing of the call where we serve. But Father, I pray that as, as we listen today, that we will once again just be aware of the cost of following you. Jesus, it was your words when you said, we need to take up our cross and follow you. Lord, I know this isn't the best motivational talk that people might want to hear, but it's the truth. There's a cost to following. There's a cost to the call. But I pray that the cost won't scare us off because the same call also sustains us, gives us strength, 
gives meaning and purpose to our lives. And I pray that people will today reclaim their call. I thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.